Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good morning, everyone. Sure good to see you this morning. Trust you're having a great morning. And uh, this is a great morning to have a great morning. Wouldn't you agree? If you have your Bibles with you, join me in the Gospel of Matthew this morning and chapter number 9. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. You know the word gospel means good news, right? And so you have in your hand this morning good news. Aren't you glad of that? And uh, we're going to share good news today. The best news is that Jesus loves you and that he died on the cross to save you and he desires to forgive you and he wants to make a trade with you, you know, your life for his. What a trade. Isn't that a great trade? How many of us would willingly give up our life for his? You know, great trade and uh, good news. And he's coming back for us and he's going to take us to where he is. That's what John's gospel reminds that where I am there, ye may be also. So one day he's coming back. So I want you to turn to somebody and say this morning, I have good news in my hand. Go ahead. Tell them I have good news in my hand. Yeah. And I'm going to share some good news. I'm going to share some good news with you. I want us to look at Matthew chapter 9 and look at verse 35. We'll read verse 35 through verse 38. Are you there? Look what it says in verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, that word but... It kind of, it's just kind of one of those pause words, almost like a button's pushed. It's like a change in direction. But, verse 35, he's in the cities, he's in the villages, he's preaching and teaching. Verse 36, but, kind of puts a, kind of a, a pause on it, slows you down, changes your thought life, changes your direction. But, when he saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then he saith unto his disciples, his team, he said this, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. You see that? Now oftentimes, oftentimes we are challenged by verses 37 and 38. Right? Look at it again. Jesus says, you know, there's, a, there's an abundant harvest. However, there's a lack of workers. And we're often challenged by that, aren't we? Right? And we should be. I mean, if we'd be honest, we should be. That should challenge us. Verse 37 and 38. Uh, we are in, uh, headed toward our missions conference. You, you, you've heard it several times now, just a couple of weeks. And that's when we as a church will focus our total attention on reaching the world, 
not just our community, but the world with the gospel of Christ, right? And oftentimes we'll hear these verses uh, at, this time of this, at this time of the year or during missions conference, and we're challenged, you know, to do something. But I think this, I think in order to understand the challenge, you need to understand the, the backstory, the backstory. And you don't have to go that far back. In fact, just go back to verse 35. Let me show you the backstory. It says, Jesus went about in all the cities and villages teaching, and so he's on the move, right? Jesus is on the move. He's going from towns and cities to villages, and and when he gets there, we would maybe say this, uh, when he gets there, uh, there's a, a, just a crusade goes on. You know, there's a big old tent set up. And, and people are being invited. And, and what's he doing? Well, when you look at the text in verse 35, you know, he's preaching. He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And he's healing every sickness. And every, so, so, you know, Jesus is coming to the towns, to the cities, to the villages. He's on the move. And when he arrives in these towns and cities and villages, uh, man, there's a crusade that's going on. People are waiting for him. And he's teaching God's word and he's preaching the gospel. People are getting healed. I mean, can you imagine the scene? Could you imagine the scene? Huh? I, I, I don't know, honestly, if I've ever been, and I've been around for a while in the Lord, been in many tent meetings, many revival so-called revival services, I'm not sure if I've ever seen the actual power of God come down in such a way where it was undeniable. How about you? I mean, I've been in some, I've been in some special services, and I've seen some God, I, I've seen God do some wonderful things through the years, mm, but I'm not sure if I've ever witnessed a scene like that, right? Thir verse 35, are, are you with me? Shake your head. Say, I'm with you, preacher. I'm with you. However, the tone changes in verse 36. I mean, verse 35, man, it's exciting, right? And as I shared it with you, I'm excited. You know, man, people are getting saved and people are being healed. Lives are being touched. Maybe marriages are being healed. All the broken, I mean, people are just coming. It's wonderful. But then the tone changes in verse 36. Because then it says this, but... When he, speaking to Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Do you see that there? Huh? So, something, something changes here in the story. And now Jesus is looking at, he's looking at multitudes. Now what, what constitutes a multitude? Let's just say this together, a lot. I don't know what a multitude is. I guess one person's multitude is different than another person's multitude. You know, uh, when, when we all lived together in Pennsylvania and have family dinner, you know, and all our kids were there and grandkids, it was a multitude, you know. Uh, and some, you know, when the Wilsons get together, it's a multitude, you know. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in that family dinner, you know. So one person's multitude doesn't constitute another. However, it's a lot of people. And when he looks out, Notice what he said. Now, these are the words of Jesus. He said what he saw were people that seemed to be scattered without a shepherd. Right? Do you see, see it on the screen? Uh, what, what he sees are people that fainted and were scattered without a shepherd. Uh, we, we, may, we may say, in other words, we might say this. Uh, there were a multitude of people that had no leadership. There were a multitude of people that had no direction. 
In fact, we might say this, they were just lost. Right? Man, you are so dead to preach to sometimes. Say something. Uh, And so uh, Jesus looks out and he sees a multitude of people who we would probably say what he was saying is they're lost. They're lost. Lost people. Lost people. And, 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 and that's the, that's the backstory of verse 37 and 38. You just can't jump into verse 37 and verse 38 without understanding verse 35 and 36, or really verse 36. Because when Jesus speaks in verse 37, look at it again, when he says the harvest is, uh, it truly is plenteous, he is not speaking uh, about agriculture. You get that, right? He's not saying, man, I'm looking out and look at the fields. I mean to tell you, they're white into harvest. He's not talking about wheat. He's not talking about barley. He's not speaking about corn or Jersey tomatoes. No, when he looks out, what he sees, what moves him, what causes his heart to feel compassion is that he sees a multitude of people who are aimless, wandering, scattered, no direction, lost. Did you see that? Now, I want you to see it. Not just because I'm saying it, I want you to see it. That's the backstory. And so when we're being challenged, you know, when Jesus says, man, the harvest is plenteous, you know, what are you, what, what are you, what are you talking about, Lord? What he's saying is this, there's multitudes of people that need to be reaped. There's a harvest of individual, lost people, scattered, wandering, that have no direction, that need to be reaped. Are you with me? Huh? It's an abundant, I mean, what a chance, it's abundant. And then he says this, he says in verse, he backs that up with this, he says, but, in verse 7, he says, but the laborers are few. I mean, the harvest is overwhelming. Now, now pay attention, with. don't lose me now. The harvest is overwhelming, but the workers, the harvesters, the reapers are few. Are you with me? Are few. And, 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 and so what he's speaking to us about is, is more than we could imagine. I mean to tell you, I'll be honest, I heard, I heard one of my favorite preacher friends one time say this, it's hard for me to wrap my arms around the Great Commission. And what he was trying to say is it's hard to, it's hard to understand it. When you look at the world's population of billions of people, I would say that constitutes a multitude. Wouldn't you agree? You know, thinking about so many people. I mean, just think about our community here. Tens of thousands of people, you know, in, in the Gloucester County area. And we're, we're, we're in the midst of that every day. And, and if you really look with spiritual eyes, with God's eyes, you might see that they too are scattered. They're living directionless, aimless lives. We might say in our hearts, not to be judgmental at all, but we might say they're lost. They're lost. Listen to the way the psalmist put it. The psalmist said this in Psalm 107. These words have always struck me. In verse 1, he said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Listen, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. And then he said, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I've always thought of me when I read that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. 
whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the... I mean, if you've been saved, how many of us I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Holy Ghost, I am. All my sins are washed away. You don't sound too serious. You might be lost. You better bow your head so I can lead to Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord. What? Say so. Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But listen to this. Now pay attention here. And gather them out of, the, out of the lands from the east, west, north, and south. Here's the, here's the key. Showed up on the screen. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul, what? Fainted in them. Keep that there for a second, guys. Think about this now. Jesus said... You know, I'm out in the towns and villages, I'm in the cities, I'm preaching, I'm teaching, I'm healing. It's wonderful. However, what's caught my eye are multitudes of individuals who, give me a little bit of liberty, multitudes of individuals who are lost. And so he turns to his team. You know his team, right? Look around and say, I'm a team member. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're a team member. He says to his team, the harvest is abundant. It's overwhelming. But the workers, the workers are few. And so in Psalm 107, the psalmist and Jesus, I think together, the word of God is just one big pile of truth, right? Cohesive, in harmony, it always complements, is sharing a deep concern. That's deep concern. For people who were lost. Yay? And so, what's the Lord do? He gives them instruction in verse number 38. Look at verse 38. Showed up on the screen. He said, pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So what's the instruction? Well, the instruction first and foremost to the team. He's speaking to who? He's speaking to us. And the instruction is pray. Pray. Jesus says, I'm looking out. I'm looking at people lost. It's a harvest. They must be reaped. However, the workers are few. And here's what you need to do. You need to pray. But not just pray. He said, pray to the Lord of harvest. And so, what he's saying is, we need, we need to talk. We need to have a little chat here. Right? And what we need to, to do, we need to agree that we need more harvest workers. Right? <laughs> Trying to break it down in bite-sized pieces for us. You know? And more specifically, he says this, when you pray, I want you to pray that the Lord of harvest will do what? Send forth more laborers, reapers, harvest workers into the harvest. Now, I, I have to believe this. I have to believe that the team in, in, in which he was speaking to, they, I, I believe this, they were engaged in harvest work. I, I believe that. 
I believe the team that Jesus had surrounded himself with, although imperfect people like you and I, were engaged in harvest work. How many of you agree? I mean, you see it, you read the Gospels. These guys are out, you know, they're in towns and cities and villages with Jesus doing Gospel work. As he's, as he's preaching, you know, they're in, in the crowd ministering to people, you know, at the end of the uh, preaching event, teaching event, healing event. I mean, they're right there. They're picking up the broken pieces. They're talking to people. They're giving them the Gospel and they're, they're engaged. However, even though they were engaged, not all of his followers were. Can I get your attention right there? Although some were engaged, there there were many more who were not. And so he says, pray to the Lord of harvest that he would send forth more what? Laborers. Laborers. Individuals that are not a part of the harvest, individuals who have already been harvested to do harvest work. <laughs> Did you get that? That's, a speci- that's specific. And, and, and here's, here's a thought. I don't know if you agree with this or not. But it would be really difficult. Pay attention right here. It would be really difficult to pray for more workers if you yourself are standing on the sidelines. Huh? And so you see a need and you just stand by and say, Lord, somebody will do something about that. Somebody, I think a few of you got that. You see a need and you say, Lord, somebody ought to do something about that. Come on, come on, church. Come on, church. And I think this, I think sometimes the Lord might want us to be the answer to the prayer. (laughs) You know, right? The Lord may want us to. And so if we were to modernize this text and label it, we might say we as a church, we as as the body of Christ need to cultivate readiness. We need to cultivate readiness. That means this, you and I, we've got to be, we ought to be ready. You say ready for what? Whatever the Lord would have us to do. We ought to have a prepared heart of readiness. You know, as a church, as a family, as an individual, we ought to cultivate readiness in our heart to be an answer to the prayer. Amen? Amen? I don't know if you like that or not. But I think we need to be prepared to act and prepared to respond, living in a state of readiness. The sad truth, the sad truth is most people are living in a state of complacency. Apathy. Indifference. Huh? Well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Right? That's just the way it is. Say it with me. Oh, well. Huh? But Jesus says, no, no, no. We need to be living in a state of readiness and cultivate a readiness. You know, uh, be prepared, so to speak, to reap the harvest. I like reaping harvests. You know, every time we lead somebody to the Lord, here's what I know. A whole lot of work went into that. And I wasn't the only worker. 
There was somebody who planted some seed and maybe planted some more seed and maybe planted some more seed. And somebody came along and watered it and watered it and watered it to the point where all of a sudden, man, here I come. Hey, would you like to accept Christ as Savior? Yeah, what do I need to do? Huh? Oh, I'm such a miracle worker. No, I'm just a part of the process. <laughs> I'm glad to be a part of the process. Aren't you? I would hope so. I would hope so. And, and so... Uh, we need to cultivate this spirit of readiness. You know, Jesus often tried, pay attention here, he often tried to rally his team. One of my favorite Bible verses for me is John 9, verse 4. Look at the screen. Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. Nighttime cometh when no man can work. In other words, what he's saying is this, do what you can do now. Do what you can do when you have the strength or the ability to do it. Do what you can do before time runs out. Because there's going to come a day when there's, there's no, no more opportunity, right? When the door closes, so to speak. And I think the church today needs to cultivate a spirit of readiness. You say, what's that mean, preacher? Maybe, maybe just be ready to act upon God's direction. Huh? Act upon God's direction. I'm not going to get into details. Maybe we need to be ready to just shine in this dark world in which we live. Huh? Maybe, maybe just ready to step up and, and step out when necessary. Huh? Maybe, maybe ready to sacrifice for the cause when it calls for some sacrifice. Ready. Just ready, cultivating a spirit of readiness. And so as we enter into uh, this season of harvest, you know, you look around now and, well, not yet, but colors will be changing and you'll be able to go and, and, and buy some fall flowers and, you know, the fall season, harvest season, you know, you see all that kind of stuff. As we enter into that season, I want us to cultivate a spirit of readiness as a church. I, I want us to be prepared to reap as a church. Are you prepared to reap? Are we prepared to reap as a church? You say, well, Pastor, what, what can we do? How do we do that? So let me give you a couple of action steps, just a couple of action steps uh, that I think we, could, we can follow. And this must become personal. It must become personal. I want you to say, this is for me. This is for me. So what can we do to cultivate a spirit of readiness? What can we do to maybe be an answer to that prayer? Here, here's a couple of things. First of all, look for ways to personally share your faith. Look for ways to personally share your faith. Now, the most important word in that phrase is the word personally. Say it with me, personally. I want you to say this, that means me. That means me. Huh? So how can I, how can I cultivate... A spirit of readiness. How can I be prepared to step up, step out? How can I be a harvest worker, so to speak? I think, I think we, we just need to look for ways to personally share our faith. Look here, listen to this, please. Don't, don't, get, don't get nervous right now. I'm your friend. I'm going to try to help you with this. Sharing your faith is a personal thing. And there's no right way or wrong way. Say amen right there. Amen. 
I mean, sharing your faith is a personal thing, and there's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. Uh, you and I, we should not feel coerced or compelled. I shouldn't have to get up here and, and, and preach a message about hell so, so hot that you're sweating and you're leaving here guilty. Huh? And now you're going out because you're, you're compelled. You have no love, no joy, no desire. But because you got to get rid of this guilt, i got to go share my faith, right? And you run to the first person you see and you jump all over them. Are you with me? That's not, I don't think that's what the Lord would have us to do. I don't think that's the attitude we ought to develop. I don't think that's the approach we ought to take. Are are you here? Uh, I think if we'd be honest, it ought to come natural. It ought to come natural, but can we be honest again? It doesn't. It doesn't. It ought to, but it doesn't. Huh? Uh, I think this, I think the weakness is the flesh gets in the way. I mean, there are times, church, there are times when I want to walk into a room and just shout as I walk in, Hey, I love Jesus! I do. I felt really good this morning. I came in, had prayer with, with the staff, and then they finally get out of my office so I can go to Wawa. <laughs> and I went down to Wawa, and man, I, they had my favorite little breakfast sandwich. I got really happy, and I got my coffee, and, and I just really, I just wanted somebody to say, why are you so happy, dude? And I was going to say, because they got my favorite breakfast sandwich here. Now I was going to tell them, I'm saved. A little bit, I'm going to get to preach the word of God. I mean, I just wanted to walk in this morning and just say, hey, I love Jesus. Uh, Do you ever feel like that? Uh, most of us don't. I, we don't do that. We may feel that way. We don't walk into work tomorrow morning all of a sudden and say, man, it was a great day at church yesterday. I can't wait to share it with everybody. They're going to look at you like. But there are times, right or wrong, aren't there times when in your heart you're just, you're just, your buttons are popping? <laughs> you know what I mean by that? You're just bursting? Huh? But when it comes to actually sharing our faith, isn't it a different story? Come I mean, on, you can be honest. I'm not judging you because it's, it's tough for me sometimes. It really is. I pray, I promise you, I really do. I pray every day, Lord, today, I want people to know I belong to you. And I promise you that if somehow, some way it opens up, I'm, I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> and there are times when I'm out and about somewhere and, and I'll, you know, open up a door for somebody or do something. And I'm looking for, well, there's that little, that little right or wrong. You ever been there? All right. I know I'm weird. I'm the only person that feels that way. Yeah. And so what do I do? Here's what I do. Here's what I'll suggest you do. Make it personal. Make it personal. You don't have to be like, yeah, pick your, you know, person who, uh, 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 who gave a testimony? Uh, John Clemento gave a testimony about a fellow named John Rutilli down at Caltown Track and Gospel Outreach Ministry. John Rutilli was influential in my salvation. And he ran the Caltown Gospel Track Ministry for years and years and years, was a member of our church. John would witness to dead people. He would witness to the door. He would witness to anything that moved. He had boldness that you could not imagine. 
And I would go soul winning with, with John often, uh, knocking on doors in the city of Philadelphia. And I mean to tell you, he just was, bam, right, at, right from the gate. That's not me. That's not me. So what, how can we make it personal? Well, make it personal. Maybe, maybe through acts of kindness. Opening up doors for people. You go into the supermarket and, and maybe there's an elderly woman there and, and she's having a hard time reaching a can of corn. Or May I get that for you, ma'am? Here you go. You need, can I help you with anything else? Is that, that bag too heavy for you? It's amazing. I said this the other week. It's amazing, maybe last Sunday, how many burning bushes there are all over the place. We just don't stop to look. Huh? Right? There's that lady, and she's trying to get her grocery. That older gentleman, he's trying to get his groceries in the back of his car. You're at your shop right or wherever you might shop. And just an act of kindness. That's all. And you don't have to say, hey, let me put these bags. Now, do you know for sure you're going to go to heaven when you die? No, you're just an act of kindness. You never know where that might lead. An encouraging word. Make it personal. An encouraging word, just words of encouragement. Uh, a distribution of literature. Have some gospel tracts with you. Right? I mean, ma'am, can I, can I put that bag in there for you? God bless you. Hey, if you get a chance, would you read this? My wife told me yesterday she was at ShopRite and in line. In fact, she was on the phone talking to one of my daughters and saying to my daughter, she said, I want you to know, uh, sweetie, I pray the hedge of Jesus, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ about you and the family uh, every day, and blah, blah, blah. And a lady standing right beside her saying, I pray the same thing for my kids. You know? So, of course, Donna gets off the phone. She's talking to the lady, gets in line you know, and talking to somebody else and pulls out a gospel tract, and before she even gives it to the lady, the lady says to her, oh, what kind of a tract is that? What kind of tract is that? And my, my wife said, I thought you were safe. Bam, it's just amazing. There's a little gospel tract. Hey, if you get a chance, would you read that? Huh? Make it personal. See, the important thing, here's the important, the important thing is that you're engaged. You're engaged. Huh? Young people, I'm, I'm not just talking to the, to, the, to the older folk here. I mean all of us. Just be engaged. That smile, that word of kindness, that act of kindness. It's amazing how it can touch people's lives. Right? You don't need to have all the Romans row down or the gospel presentation down. You don't need to just be engaged and realize there's a harvest out there that Jesus wants us to reach. And we can if we'll let them work in our lives. You know, when you look at the gospel accounts, and I can't go through all of this this morning, but when you look at the book of Acts, it's evident that the early church shared their faith personally. Not just as a, because that church grew in number by thousands and thousands, <clears throat> but they did it personally. One, one example is the book of Acts chapter number 8, verse number 30 and on, which talks about a fellow named Philip the evangelist, right? He's out and about. He's just, he's just walking down the road. He sees a fellow pulled up in a, in, a, uh, uh, in a little carriage over there, in a chariot. He walks up to the fellow. Hey, man, what you doing? What you reading? He made it personal. What are you reading? I'm reading the, do you understand it? Not really. Want some help? <laughs> hey, why are you crying? Why, what's going on, man? Can I pray for you? You seem to be a little confused. Is everything okay? Just make it personal. 
Can I share a second thought, how to prepare for harvest? Number two, join in with community outreach. Join in with community outreach. Again, one of the standout features of the church in the New Testament is community. Community. They moved in groups, as evident in the book of Acts chapter number two. They, they were a community that reached their community. And listen, now pay attention right here. Belonging to a church places you in a great community. There's a great community right here. And as a community, we need to reach our community. We need to engage in what we call community outreach. Community outreach. You know what outreach is? A little bit different than inreach. The most important word is out. It's outside the walls, you know, of this church, of this building. We're reaching out, we're getting out, we're going into our community as a community, as a group, right, to reach our community. In OB, we have, we have several outreach opportunities every year, and they're wonderful opportunities. Let me list just a few. We have something called Take It to Town. You see these banners all over the place. Take It to Town. And we've incorporated, we've incorporated into that something called Ownership Outreach where you take ownership of certain areas of our community and you're going to just share the gospel with them. Maybe by putting a, a, a door hanger, you know, on their door. A gospel track, you know, on their door. Maybe as you're, you know, you're just on a Saturday walking through the neighborhood, you got some gospel track, your community outreach, you're, you're taking it to town. What town? Williamstown or your town. We have Harvest Festival. That's coming up in October. That's a great community outreach. Right? We, we invite the community to come onto our property, you know, and hundreds will come, trunk or treat and things of that nature. And we need you, we need help so that we represent this community to that community. Uh, we have National Night Out, that was already in the past. Kid Fest, we just got through that. This upcoming spring, we have something called National Hoop It Up. Woo! We're going to hoop it up, man. Yeah, and that's when we invite the community onto the property, into the gym, to play, play b-ball, you know? And all week long, we're going to have a team here all week long out in high schools and trying to get kids to come. And last time we did something like that here, I think we had 38, 39, 40 teams show up. And the gospel is given throughout that day. It's a community national hoop it up. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have National Wheelchair Day. No, I'm just, we're not going to. We won't do that. Just a few ways to reach the community. There's a Bible verse that I've always enjoyed, and I hang on to it. Genesis chapter 49, verse 22. Look at the screen. Joseph is a fruitful bow. Look at the screen. Joseph is a fruitful bow. Gentlemen, Genesis 49. Not in there? Not there? All right, so it's not there. They, they took it out. It was there. Listen to this. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well. Pay attention right here. Whose branches run over the wall. Talking about Joseph in the Old Testament, chapter 49, almost the end of his life. You know what Joseph went through, right? I mean, to tell you, it's a difficult life. And yet, the Bible says of Joseph that his influence reached over the wall. Over the wall. There, <coughs> there's a lot we do and can do within the wall. But church, we got to reach out over the wall. Huh? 
That's why God has, you know, Open Bible Baptist Church right here. Not just to give you a place to come and worship and, and fellowship and gain instruction, but so that we can reach out over, so that we become, pay attention here, a, a church without walls. We ought to be a church without walls. And that's a message in and of itself. Huh? No walls, come as you are. Oh, we like to say it, but do we mean it? I mean, can, can, can somebody walk in the back door of Open Bible this morning covered from head to toe with ink? Are you sure? And if they sat right there this morning with ink from head to toe and piercings from here to there, are you sure? It wouldn't offend you? You wouldn't say, what in the world? Or how many would say, praise the Lord, we got a visitor. That's a church without walls. Huh? You mean to tell me it wouldn't offend you this morning if somebody sat next to you and when they were singing, he speaks Jesus, they threw up their hand and said, he's speaking to me. That wouldn't offend you? Huh? Or do people have to come in to church looking like us, behaving like us, speaking? Look here, you're never going to reach lost people if you expect lost people to act like saved people before lost people become saved people. Huh? Are you with me? Are you with me? Look here, I'm not sure why we get so surprised when lost people act like lost people. Huh? People with ink don't bother me. You say, what in the world is he talking about? People with tattoos. You thought I meant with a pen, right? People coming in with a pen. <laughs> people that have piercings. So what? Are you aware we're living in 2023, not 1923? It's customary today. Grandmoms are going and getting sleeves. And I don't mean sleeves all, you know, attached to their dresses. I mean sleeves. Right or wrong? So what do you want me to tell you? Huh? Right or wrong? We just got to be the kind of church that has a desire to reach out over the wall. Community outreach. Right? Harvest is plenteous. Workers are few. What do we do? Pray to the Lord to harvest. Personally share your faith. Engage in community outreach. Here's one final thought and I'm finished. Support global missions. Support global missions. You know, we often speak about developing a, a biblical worldview. Right? Biblical worldview. And that's important. What's, what, what's that mean? Let me just help you, give you an idea what that means. It, it means this. It, it talks about, takes things into consideration, like creation, how we got here. Right? So a biblical worldview asks these questions. How do we get here? Uh, why am I here? Where am I going? And what's my purpose? Are you with me? That's, that's worldview. Well, we often speak about adopting a biblical worldview. True. And part of that is this, when we talk about that, let's not forget in our discussion the need for global evangelization. Right? So how did I get here? Why am I here? Where am I going? How is the world going to find out the truth about Jesus? That's got to become a part of our discussion. Right? Our theme for Missions Conference 2023 is gospel partners. Or in other words, we are in this together. 
We're gospel partners. We're in this together. I'm not going to get into any of the details here, but I think this, together we can do more. Together, together we can advance further. Because when you look at the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray, when when they said, teach us to pray, Jesus said, pray like this. One of the main features, Steve, of that prayer was, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, what he's saying is this, you and I ought to pray, God, help me to live out your, pay attention here, let me, help me to live out your will today so that I advance your kingdom. Here's a prayer for you, write it down. God, tomorrow morning, help me to live out your will for my life so that I advance your kingdom. Yeah, that's what he told them to pray. Pray to the Father, help me to live in such a way that I advance your kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. Hallowed be thy name. Great prayer, isn't it? Now I'm not saying go out and pray the Our Father. Because that's not what Jesus told him to do. But he said when you pray, pray like this. Make sure your prayer is modeled in this way. And you know what it does? It puts responsibility on me. Help me to live according to your will so that I might advance your kingdom. Right? And I think he was clear about his mission. Luke's gospel, chapter 19, said he came to seek and to save the lost. That's why he came. And to that end, he gave his life. And his final words were the church, to the church, were go and share your faith. Go and share the gospel. Go and tell the world. Walking out the door, if you just look up, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And so we need to cultivate a readiness. We need to prepare our hearts as a place where God can work. Our hearts need to be prepared soil where God can work. And so let me ask you a question, church. I'm done. Today, right here, right now, are you ready to follow God's lead? Right here, right now. If God were to speak to you as personal by saying, let me pick on somebody, Dominic, I want you to, huh? Mike, I want you to. Are we prepared to act? Are we living in a, or with a attitude or a spirit of readiness? I'm ready to do what God would have me to do. Church, let me just be transparent with you. Last week's message and this week's message, um, you could attach the word agenda to it. I preach both of these messages because I have an agenda. And here's my agenda. I want us to be able to step up and do what God would have us to do over the next couple of months. Next Sunday, at the end of service, we're going to call for a church meeting. Didn't want to do it today because it's Labor Day, we're really busy, people are away. We're going to have the Lord's Supper here in a moment. But next week, I, I really, I implore you, be here. I'm going to share with you at the end of the service, I'll cut the message down a bit so I don't keep you long. But I'm going to share with you at the end of the service a couple of projects that I believe the Lord wants us to do now. Now and get them done. We can do it. We can step up as a church and get it done. We can do it. I know we can. We're going to need total participation. We need everybody involved. And so I'm going to ask you to pray, God, help me to be in a spirit of readiness to do my part. 
right? If you call yourself a member here at Open Bible, if you are one of our frequent guests, you haven't taken membership yet, but you're here every week and you're feeding from here, you're enjoying fellowship here, you're a part of us. And God always puts in the church everything it needs to operate the church and expand the church. And so last week, the message on generosity, and then this week on readiness, I got an agenda. I love when preachers get up and say, I don't have any agenda. Sure you do. We all have an agenda. We're all aiming at something, right? We're all trying to produce something. We all want to gain something through this. And I just want us as a church to be ready. Take the next step. Take the next step. But more personally with this, maybe what's holding you back from sharing your faith or engaging in community outreach or supporting global missions, maybe it's just you haven't prepared your heart. You're just not ready to do that work. And so maybe you need to pray, Lord, help me to be an answer to the prayer. Help me to do my part. I want to do my part. Look, I'm not asking you to do my part. I'm going to do my part. The Lord's asking you to do your part. And if you do your part and everybody does their part, guess what? It gets done. It gets done. Cultivating a spirit of readiness. Maybe that's where we'll find ourselves over the next couple of weeks as we enter into this season of fall, this season of harvest. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.